fixed about 20 past 8. People were awakened by a terrible fate. A large dam had broken down through our town. Black waters came rushing. Many people were drowned. Some screaming in doorways knew they couldn't be safe. Others riding on rooftops on 30-foot waves. Families jumped in their cars but didn't make it on time. While some made it to safety, uphill the mines. We were all crying and shaking with fear. For we couldn't hear of our loved ones to dear. Some with no clothes, no shoes on their feet. Thanking God for each loved one they had meet. The waters went down about as fast as they came. Then we all started hearing our loved ones by name. The loss was so great, no words can express how it felt to hear of all of these deaths. Welcome back to Mountain Talk here on your Mountain Community Radio Station 88.7 WMMT. I'm Benny Becker. For the rest of today's show, we're going to the auditorium of Mann High School in Logan County, West Virginia. On Saturday, February 26th, a community gathered to commemorate 50 years since the Buffalo Creek disaster when a series of coal impoundment dams broke and let loose a sludge flood that wiped away homes and killed more than 100 people. Without further ado, we invite you to join in remembering this tragedy. On behalf of the uh, Buffalo Creek Memorial Library and the Man Lines Club, I would like to welcome you here today for this 50th anniversary of the Buffalo Creek disaster. I look around and I see some of you probably weren't even born then. But I know we all share memories and that's what we're here to do today is to share our memories and to pay respect. At the end, let me tell you, we're going to do a balloon release outside and the names and the taps. And then we have lots of food in the cafeteria, so please stay. But this is a very solemn occasion today, and I wasn't in the flood. I can't imagine what some of you went through. But we're just here to remember, and uh, we'll go on with the program. Good afternoon. My name is Chad Story, lifelong resident man. I've had the pleasure to work for two members of Congress in West Virginia and been involved in a lot of community organizations, specifically the Man Lions Club here. Let's just get started with the program. Please welcome Reverend Mike Pollard for the invocation. Thank you, Chad, and to the organizers of this wonderful program. I have a memory of the flood of 72. I had been in the Air Force for six years, stationed out in the Kansas City area, and was sitting there in the day room watching the news, and they started talking about a flood and a dam on Buffalo Creek, and I'm saying, hold on, that's my hometown. And I drove, I had a little 1964 Beetle Bug, and I drove that thing about 17 hours all the way home not knowing whether my family was alive or dead because of the communication lines and things being down. And I think that that 17 hours or so was maybe more scarier to me than the whole year that I did while I was serving in Southeast Asia. But fortunately, when I got home, I was able to find my family safe. I spent two weeks on emergency leave. Perry, you know what I'm talking about, and helped my family kind of get back on their feet. 
But uh, I'm thankful that Elizabeth and the folks here in the community have had this program uh, every year. And it's keeping the hope and the memory alive. And hopefully there were some lessons that were learned by everyone, especially the powers that be. And Father God, we thank you for this occasion. You encourage your people to always remember Remember the sacrifices of those who had gone on before them. Remember their history, lest we be doomed to repeat it. Remember those who struggled and those who lost lives and loved ones, and some even here today. Uh, we have never gotten over it. We've learned to live with it because we know that your grace is more than sufficient. But we will remember them every day of our lives. And we pray, oh, Father God, for those who are still bearing scars, emotional scars, mental scars. Even though it's been 50 years, many still remember it as if it was just yesterday. But we know, oh Lord God, you love us all. We're all precious in your sight. And while we're to gather together here today, we pray that you will bless us here. But we pray for greater disasters in some ways that are in progress on the world horizon. Wars and aggression and dissension and strife. And we pray for our nation and for our leaders on the national and the international and the local levels that somehow some way that we can get some civility and some unity and some harmony and I believe that there are many here who will bear witness that in some ways the tragedy may be helped to make them better and realize that life can be taken away from us so swiftly now Elizabeth challenged me she told me if I was going to close it out she was going to make me sing what was it amazing Amazing grace. So I don't want to cheat. Okay. Thank you, Reverend Pollard. So next, we actually want to thank a few people who made this uh, the presentation that this going to happen. Uh, Crystal Kuhn and uh, Dr. Melissa Bergman, Dr. Jesse Wilkinson, and six of the graduate students from WU they put together this next presentation. We've worked long and hard for the big cooperators, and they're thanking us by killing us. This was a quote by John Bailey, who was killed on February 26th of 1972 at the age of 59 years old. This was part of a document that I found doing research in the West Virginia and Regional History Center archives. It was part of a document in the Moore Collection on John Bailey, who was a victim of both Black Lung and the Buffalo Creek Flood. This document was part of a series of documents put out by the Buffalo Creek Commission in order to hold coal companies accountable for the things that they had done to the community. They have died for the sins of the Pittston Coal Company. We have to see that it can't murder again. My name is Crystal Kuhn. Uh, and I am a second year public history graduate student with West Virginia University. I am a graduate assistant at the West Virginia Regional History Center. So I process and digitize 
uh, documents and artifacts that the West Virginia and Regional History Center has as part of the modern congressional papers collection in order to increase access for people to be able to look at the documents that West Virginia University has as part of our collections. I also had the opportunity to curate an online exhibit on the 50th anniversary of the Buffalo Creek disaster with help from the West Virginia and Regional History Center's amazing staff and professors from West Virginia University. Um, so I was able to do a lot of background research um, and being able to look at all of these different sources gave me a way to get a really good idea of what the scale of this disaster was. Not only was I able to use the governmental documents that were provided, but I was able to use a lot of correspondence that was sent into the governor's office immediately following the disaster. Um, so there were a lot of letters that were sent. Um, and those letters were sent from Logan County residents. They were sent from West Virginians. I had letters from California, from Alaska, from Florida, from New Mexico. Um, a lot of governors wrote letters to the to the state of West Virginia expressing sympathy and condolences. Ambassadors from other countries wrote to the state. Um, a lot of the correspondence that came in expressed a lot of frustration with how things were being handled and how things had been handled in the state prior to the flood. Um, and being able to see that expressed by people from all over the state and the nation was something that I really wanted to express in an online exhibit. To tell the story of Buffalo Creek from before the flood uh, all the way up to life in Buffalo Creek today. In the, creating the online exhibit, I really wanted to make it something that people could access from all over without having to go and do all of the research and dig into all of the boxes of, of reference materials and resources that I had. Um, so I started by creating an online interactive map uh, that followed the path of the flood. So starting up where the, the dam broke and following it all the way down to here at the town of Man, uh, I created an exhibit based on photos, newspapers, and letters taken from each individual community down along Buffalo Creek that was affected by the flood. Um, and then from the online exhibit, I was also able to create an in-person exhibit on the 50th anniversary of Buffalo Creek inside the West Virginia University downtown library's atrium to just provide another level of uh, West Virginia University remembering and sending its condolences to the people of Buffalo Creek for what they experienced there. Um, it means a lot for me to be able to be here today to see the community in person um, and to be able to meet a lot of the people that I have spent some time reading about. Um, I hope you all enjoy the rest of the event today and uh, thank you for having West Virginia University. Thank you, Crystal. And thank you, W, for your uh, efforts and all your work. Uh, next person needs no introduction. He's our tech guy, uh, retired educator, and just a, a great guy that everyone in man knows very well. So, Billy Jack Dickerson. He's going to handle the historic pres uh, historical presentation. Let me first welcome you folks to this event. Tough day for some of us. Tough years for a lot of us. I woke up this morning. 
I thought, how in the world has it been 50 years? How am I 60? I was 10. How did this happen? Over the years, I've looked out over thousands of students who sat in those very seats that you're sitting in right now. And the very same emotions well up. So this morning, my wife asked me, she said, are you okay? Because I think she could feel that I was already going through that emotional ditch that I hate to get in this time of year and other times. And what was happening was I was taking a mental journey. I had crossed the bridge at Lower Lundell. And I started to drive in my mind up through that community. And I could remember the houses. And the families. And the friends. The neighbors. And uh, it's too much to bear at times. Again, I apologize. I don't know what else to do. This all came about years ago. This style of program came about. And I know there were others before we did anything here at Mann High School. I know Miss Glenna Wiley was, you know, pivotal in the efforts that she made to memorialize and to, to help those of us who are survivors. Never really thought about myself being a survivor. I'm a, I'm a survivor. We at Mann High School are not the first, but we're part of a, an efforts to make sure that this tragedy is never forgotten. So on behalf of the folks from Buffalo Creek, thank you. You know, I, I taught here for 30 years. I retired in uh, August and I taught environmental science as part of my duties. Eventually, we move into the natural disasters of the world, the tsunamis, the hurricanes, the tornadoes, the, the floods. And that became my pathway to talk about Buffalo Creek, something that was, I'm a survivor. I was there. I saw it with these eyes. I lived it. And I thought, once we started talking about that, here's what I found. I had 16 young ladies, seniors in high school, that had no idea what I was talking about. Shocked. I was absolutely shocked. And I thought, this can't happen. These young ladies are one generation removed. How in the world have we slipped up and, and let this? 
And and Mike Pollard and you know there's all kinds of forms of the phrase that all it all means the same thing, and and the the phrase that says history you know not told is destined to be repeated. How in the world have we allowed 16 young ladies who are from this area to not know about one of the most tragic events in the history of this town, this state, this country, the world? So faculty. We set out to fix the problem. And for years and years and years, I don't even know how many, I've stood before people sitting in those very chairs. Never forget that 125 people died needlessly. And some of them were my family. And many of them were my neighbors. I lived in Lundell. 56 of the 125 died in Lundell, folks. 56. You guys that are still in school, I hope and pray that you never have to go back into a classroom and see those empty seats. I can tell you, I was in the fifth grade in Miss Merritt's room, and, and I can remember sitting back down in that classroom and looking over beside me, and James Willie Wall wasn't there anymore. And down the hall where April Ellen White ought to have been, she wasn't there anymore. And the list goes on and on. And that's a little hard to take for a 10-year-old. And it's never left me. And I know we all have to experience death. And we all experience tragedy in our lives. But young folks, listen to me. Life is precious. You know, my part is supposed to be the historical perspective. That is the history from my perspective. And I know you have your story to tell, so let me say this to you, please. First, let me ask you a question. How many of you are survivors? Turn around and look, folks. Hold them up high, folks. You ought to be proud. Hold them up high. Man, it's good to see you all. It's good to see you. Thank you for coming. So we lived just on the alley below old Lundell grade school and our house faced up the creek. And on the morning, of the Buffalo Creek disaster, flood, whatever term you like. We were uh, sitting there like many young kids watching cartoons and uh, the lights flickered and I guess probably one of the things that saved us was the fact that our house did face upstream. So we were able to look and seeing the creek itself just rumbling 
higher than it's ever rumbled before. And all this debris, I can still hear, hear the words of my mother saying, boys, get your shoes on, something's going on. You lived in those old coal company houses and one of the things that you always did was keep a pair of shoes by the door because they were a fire waiting to happen. I'll never forget as we walked out the front door in a hurry and I'll never forget going across toward the railroad tracks and the leading edge is already coming. So by the time we go over the hump of the first set of tracks, we're waiting water. And we go over the second set and we're waiting more water. And we get past the third set of tracks and there were men standing there, maybe some of you men were standing there helping my mother as she reached my brother, 13 months old, up the hill. And as soon as we got up to that elevation, we turned around and our garage was already gone. And we climb a little higher and we turn around and I can still see this image of our house just tilting backwards and going away. Everything we owned, everything we thought about, everything. And I still see that 50 years later and the sounds of my mother. And we stood there huddled together on that hillside. We stood and watched our life go away and change forever. I know a few of you were standing there with us. How many? I see those hands. And we stood there having no idea whether anybody else on the planet was alive because we didn't know what happened. And miraculously, my dad, and this I'll use the language of the day, was a car dropper at Amherst number two. And he literally ran along different tram roads and things until he could get down to where we were. But he ran like a wild man. And when he got to us, he fell on his knees. I haven't seen my dad cry very many times. He cried like a baby because we'd made it. We had survived it. And we started thinking about the rest of our family. My grandparents lived side by side at Lundell. And this morning, one of the first images that I saw, there was a picture of Upper Lundell and a row of coal cars, empty coal cars sitting there. Or my grandparents wouldn't have made it because everything to the left of those coal cars was gone. Everything to the right, pretty much the way it was moments before. I'll, I'll say this and I'll close. And the, I sit and I think, who would I have been? My location changed. My friends changed. My school changed. My everything changed and clearly so did I. Who would I have been? I don't say this to many people, and I told her, but I'm going to say it to you people so that you know. This is my therapy. This is what gets me through. I do this for selfish reasons, or sometimes I think 
I don't know. I just don't know. My life was forever changed as a result of the Buffalo Creek flood. Just like many of you. Folks, thank you. God bless you. I appreciate you. This is going to be hard to do. I lived it. I am also a survivor of the flood. Like Billy Jack, I'm emotional and I apologize for that. But I saw so much that day. And we had. Uh, been woke up that morning about 5.30, trying to warn us that the dam was gonna break. Everybody cried wolf. It's not gonna break. Nothing's gonna happen. Just go back to bed. For some reason, Dad, that day got us out of there. Me and Dad came back home and we were standing on the porch and the electricity went off. Billy Aldridge went down the road crying the flood as it broke. Damn it broke. You need to get out. The memory of my childhood was wiped away at 8 o'clock, February 26, 1972. I want to say this and I'm going to close. The grass is not always greener on the other side. Some of you wanting to move from here. You'll not find any better people than right here. So God bless you. I was close with prayer. Would you bow your head? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you today, God, Lord, I don't know how many more reunions or memorials that I had to go to. But Lord, there's going to be a great reunion one day after a while where there's not going to be no more sorrow, no more sickness, no more pain, no more death. For the former things are passed away, and behold, I make all things new. We pray, me, Father God, you go with everybody today, Lord, those who traveled afar. Give them a safe journey back home. We pray for the ones that put this all together. We thank you for them, Heavenly Father. Amen. You've been listening to a ceremony commemorating 50 years since the Buffalo Creek disaster in Logan County, West Virginia. Audio was recorded by Mimi Pickering and edited by me, Benny Becker. Intro and outro music is Buffalo Creek Disaster by Gene Crowder. Thank you for tuning in to Mountain Talk here on Possum Radio, Real People Radio, Mountain Community Radio, WMMT. You can hear more episodes by subscribing to Mountain Talk as a podcast, or just keep tuned to 88.7 FM Whitesburg or stream worldwide from WMMT.org. In the Buffalo Creek disaster, that early Saturday morning, over 100 people met their deaths without a sign of warning. Some of them were
so many of my neighbors, a few of my loved ones too. 